This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where every week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week, we'll be talking to Roger T. Pipe of Rod Reviews. Adult Site Broker is proud to introduce ASB Marketplace, the first platform where you can buy and sell adult sites and domains for free. ASB Marketplace allows buyers and sellers the chance to come together on properties that are valued below our company's minimum of $50,000. Don't pay for other marketplaces when ASB Marketplace gives you the service for free. Visit asbmarketplace.com and sign up as a seller or as a buyer today. And don't forget ASB Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage where you can earn as much as 20% of our broker commission referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check out asbcash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're offering a rapidly growing hair shaving site. This site shows women getting their head shaved. It does not show explicit content, so it's much easier to promote than most adult sites. The site creates an environment for their customers where they feel like they're getting invited to the party of their hair fetish dreams. They love using slogans like, come join the party. There's a sister site that is a unique method of hosting their videos in a discreet manner for their customers. The site is fueled by redirects. This is essentially the brains of the whole operation. It handles the billing and rebilling, user information, and video displays. There's also a separate forum and a download store that did $5,000 in sales the first month alone. There's no paid advertising. They go directly to their customers with targeted SEO, YouTube videos, and social media. The community for this niche is very loyal, and the members will help any way they can to see sites like this grow. They'll donate. Some will even do work for the site for free. The site has a lot of room to grow with a little more time and investment. There's a mailing list of well over 1,100. Models' hair can be sold for thousands of extra dollars. There are trained producers for these shoots who would be happy to stay on after the sale. This great site is available for only $480,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Roger T. Pipe of Rod Reviews. Roger, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thank you for having me. Now, an avid porn fan since the mid-1980s, Roger T. Pipe started reviewing adult movies as a hobby in 1995 and posting them to news groups. Remember those? Now, after having them picked up by adult retail sites, Roger began RogerReviews.com in 1996. The site houses over 8,000 reviews of adult movies, as well as toys, websites, and hundreds of interviews with porn stars. He's a member of the X-Rated Critics Organization and was inducted into the XRCO Hall of Fame in 2009. Roger is also a regular voter in the annual AVN and XRCO Awards. He does a yearly podcast series breaking down the AVN Award nominees and winners. Roger has appeared on television on Naked New York, numerous radio programs, including regular segments on Love Bites with Bob Berkowitz, KSEX Radio, Playboy Radio, 
Daily Noise, like my dog barking back there, as well as his own shows on Radio Dentata. I used to do a show on that as well. I remember we were both hosts. Um, in 2010, Roger penned a chapter entitled Something for Everyone for the collection Philosophy for Everyone, How to Think with Kink. Now, Roger, do you still remember the first porn you ever watched? I, I do, actually. Um, now, there's kind of two answers. The first one I ever watched wasn't intentional. Oh. Um, it was a movie called Let's Talk Sex. I didn't realize that until much later. I was babysitting, and mm -hmm. everyone was asleep, and there yeah. was a tape, a VHS tape next to the VCR, <laughs> and being of a certain age, I was curious. Of and course. And I popped it in, and I got to tell you, I was disgusted. I, I was really just, it, no, no, no. I, I didn't even want to go close to it. Yeah. Um, it just was so shocking to me. Yeah. Now, the first one I watched. How old, how, how, how old were you? I was 16, 17. Oh, wow. It was just, it was a little much. I Were you then, were you from a religious upbringing or something? No, no. I, okay. I had girlfriends and had been in, in person yeah. uh, that intimate. Right. But. Seeing it on screen just wasn't, and again, I'm, I'm old, so <laughs> I come from a time when stealing uh, my friend's dad's Playboy was a Mission Impossible level espionage act. Oh yeah, I remember. And so that's what I was expecting everything to look like, and this was an early 80s movie, and it didn't look at all like that. Nope. And it was a little much, um, but a few years later, I uh, discovered uh, w pink TV with Christy Canyon mm. and, uh, watched that repeatedly and began my <laughs> lifelong obsession with Christy Canyon. Now, how did you end up with your own site? As you mentioned in the intro, I had posted in, in some news groups. Um, like a lot of people, I got a PC, a friend of mine hooked it up to the internet and I found all of these news groups, which mm -hmm. were just amazing. Every right. possible, um, I, I kind of look at Reddit and think that was it. Reddit is every news group. Yep. <laughs> it was all of them. And a couple of them had to do with adult movies. And I worked in video stores. Mm. And again, as a, as a young male not living with his parents, <laughs> I was kind of put in charge of the porn section for a long time. I, I hope you didn't. I hope you didn't have to uh, to clean up the uh, the booths. No, no, this was a regular <laughs> video store, so there was. Uh, well, I won't say there was never a cleanup. There was not supposed to be cleanup, <laughs> but uh, I was kind of the resident porn expert, ah. um, and went to a couple of shows. So I gravitated to these news groups and found people writing reviews. Interesting. And writing them in ways that weren't like the adult press. The adult mm. press in the 80s to the early 90s, AVN did their thing uh, as a video store manager. I loved AVN because mm. they gave us a synopsis to tell us what to buy. Right. But from a fan's perspective, there was nothing there. It was mm. describing the box cover, and it was very dry to me. Mm -hmm. And I found other people doing real, what I considered real reviews, really kind of digging in deep. And I started doing that mm. partially as a sort of a writer's block tool. Mm. I'd come home from work, write a couple of reviews and just sort of get flowing. And I found feedback instantly from other mm. fans. Oh, I like that too. I, I love this camera angle. And it really, it picked up. Sure. And then, uh, IAFD, uh, adult internet film database. Mm -hmm. Um, the guy who ran that said, you know, you really should have a place to house these. You're just posting them to news groups. And I go, okay. 
So he put them on his site and he said, you should start your own site. Hmm. So I went out and I bought front page. People remember that yeah. Microsoft product. Sure. And I built uh, Roger views on front page. <laughs> it was horribly clunky, but uh, that's how that's it ended funny. up there. Funny. And when did it become Roger views? 96. I started reviewing 95. So we're actually coming up on 25 years, I believe in May. Wow. Um, I've been doing this for 25 years. So it's, it's gone through a few iterations since the front page days, thankfully, <laughs> but uh, it, it just sort of took off and I'm, I'm really kind of lucky that it did. Yeah. Yeah. It's become a career for you, which is fantastic. Yeah. Now, um, let's, uh, let's talk about the, uh, review site landscape. And we had some casual conversation about this, um, prior to the, uh, to the interview. Um, there seems to be a lot of consolidation going on right now. Have you noticed that? I, over the 25 years, there was a time when there were probably a good 20 to 30 review sites that I followed regularly or I knew who ran them or knew who wrote for them mm -hmm. besides AVN and XBiz and Adult DVD Talk mm -hmm. and XCritic, um, the sites mm -hmm. are still around. There were a lot of other smaller ones. Um, and over time, they've sort of gone away. Mm -hmm. The consolidation part of it, it's hard to run a site. It's hard to review enough movies to run a site. I know mm. I've tried. Um, it, it's very difficult. Mm. It's hard to make a living. Yeah. which means it's hard to hire writers. I get a lot of, over the years, a lot of people, can I write for your side? I'm like, yes, I either can't pay you or I can pay you a very small amount. And very few people are willing to write for nothing sure. or for next to nothing. Right. And I totally respect that. I, you know, I, I understand that completely. Hmm. And I think that's part of it. Mm -hmm. Another thing, we started talking casually, mm -hmm. a large part of the, the porn audience no longer pays for what they're watching. That's true. And as such, I think they're less reliant on uh, reviews. What I used to get in the beginning that I loved these emails were, oh, thank you so much. I've only got so much to spend every month on, you know, on DVDs or VHS tapes. And I would have never found this if you hadn't recommended it or mm. thank you. I was going to buy this and I read your review and no, it's not for <laughs> me. I, I chose something else. So, I, I think that, and it's still important for people who are spending money, right? But also the way the way porn is consumed, right? It's a little different mm -hmm. now. You've got these huge mega sites, and yeah. you know they've got four thousand scenes. You know, for twenty bucks a month, you can click on the ones you like and move around. If you don't like something, you can decide not to watch it. Back when we were buying physical media. The only way to see the movie is to buy the movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And you go, you, so, you go back to that age, sure. Yeah, I, I think I think that's part of it. Um, I've always found it challenging to review websites, mm -hmm. more challenging for me than than physical media, because a physical a, a movie has a beginning and an end. Whether it's a feature or a wall to wall or a compilation, doesn't matter. Mm. It has a beginning and an end, and yeah. I can write that so that someone can read it and go, okay, now I know what's in it. Mm -hmm. um, it's to me, it'd be like reviewing an album versus reviewing a streaming music service. Yeah, yeah, it's true. How how do you review when there's four million choices? Yeah, um, you know, to me, website reviews always end up kind of talking about the 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 bells and whistles. Right. You know how good's the connection, which is all important stuff, totally important. Yeah. But to me, it doesn't focus on the media as much. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what you're seeing, the consolidation. Um, and again, I think as, as the, the industry as a whole, the big pie is sort of shrunk. I think it shrinks all around. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I was able to make a living off of it and have a very understanding family. Yeah. For a lot of people, it was just, hey, look, when I got married and had to go and not do this anymore. Yeah. And unfortunately, with a couple of sites that I used to follow a lot, uh, LSB Reviews and uh, uh, Den CAVR, they both passed away. Oh. And there was no one to sort of, uh, you know, I mean, I've got almost 9,000 reviews. Den has 26,000. So mm. you want to talk about the king of people reviewing porn, that was him. He mm. unfortunately passed. So it, it does, you know, I, I think that was a long answer. Sorry about that. No, don't worry about it. No. Take as much there, time as you want. We don't have a time limit. I, I, like, long, I like long answers, so go ahead. This, this is actually how I ended up reviewing for the internet instead of magazines. I tried for magazines a couple times, and they said, okay, you get 200 words or 400 words. Hmm. It's like, man, I can't describe the cast in less than 600. So the sort of open flow works well for me. I think another thing is, again, I'm, I'm 53 now. I started my, you're so, you're so young. (laughs) So someone the same age I was when I started, they were raised on a different kind of porn on the, the bite size uh, reviews are not as important. Hmm. Also, you can see so much. Mm. Um, again, if people really want to think back to 1996, mm-hmm. there was no video preview on the internet. Right. You know, with those of us that remember Napster, it took us 12 minutes to download a song. Yeah. On a good day. You know, and <laughs> and ooh, I have somewhere uh, some floppy disks with 15 second video clips. Oh God. Those were amazing. Well, now you can go to Twitter and see a, a long enough preview of a movie to to know if you're going to like it or not. Sure. So I I think it's changing. Um, There's a lot of critics doing great stuff. Mm -hmm. And I I think what we're starting to see a little bit of, and we need to see more of is well-educated critics talking about the industry in general and directions that it's heading. Mm -hmm. In addition to critiquing the movies themselves or the art, the art itself, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, what, what's the place of the industry? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and there, there's a lot going on. There's lots happened in the world in the last year, and it's it's found its oh, way yeah. into porn. And where where do we stand on social justice issues and mm-hmm. what is and is not okay? I've 25 years and everything has changed. Oh, you do know it. Now you talked about changes. What are the biggest changes you've seen in the adult industry in the last 25 years? I think the biggest change, like we talked about, is a shift from physical media to digital. Mm-hmm. And sort of an unlimited, unlimited options, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go to the video store and rent DVDs mm-hmm. or VHS tapes for a dollar, and I had a budget. So if I had five dollars, I could get five movies. Right. Now, the equivalent of that, you can join a website and have forty thousand. Mm-hmm. So the the choices are infinite, and I think what it's doing now is it's changing everything to kind of micro economies. Um, Performers have more control because a performer with a decent brand and a good social media um, campaign and an iPhone can spend an afternoon making content that is going to make him or her a nice wage. Yeah. It's not going to make him rich in a day. But in the past, and I always kind of use um, the the movie Pirates that Digital Playground did years ago, which is a great movie. 
Mm-hmm. But in order to make that, they had to pay all the pre-production people, pay the costume designers, pay the writers, pay an entire cast, an entire crew, edit the movie, market the movie, duplicate the movie. All of this money had to, had to be made in order to make a profit. Now, performer doesn't have to work for $800 or $400 a scene. Right. They can make that money themselves in their own bedroom. Yep. Maybe more than that. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't have to support this huge movie in order to, to make a profit. And I think that's a, a really big thing. And social media has made a, a huge, huge impact on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that and the, the direct-to-consumer platforms. Hmm. Right? OnlyFans is obviously the one that everybody's using right now. It's, it's easy. Um, and I say easy. I don't mean to, to dismiss how hard, uh, especially the women in this industry, work. Right. But if you are popular, it is not nearly as tough to make a living and work every day if you're willing to work every day. Yes. And you see it with the performers who are popular and, and who last know this and they work and there's enough fans willing to give them small amounts of money, mm-hmm. seemingly small, but that's what we used to pay the video store to rent the movie. Yeah. And a couple dollars a time from a few thousand people adds up pretty quickly. And that is something that if I could go back 25 years that Roger would not have understood it. Hmm. I, I, I wouldn't have had a concept of this. Imagine going back 25 years and saying, look, porn stars don't have to do movies. Mm-hmm. Not really. There's, there's going to be this thing where everybody's phone is going to have an update on their favorite 50 porn stars. Or well, you could, well, you couldn't have imagined smartphones. Let's start with right. that. Yeah. It, it's, it's or, really... or, or, or gig speed internet or 5G. <laughs> Yeah, that's like I said. Somewhere there is a box of floppy disks that I think have three images a piece on them. I love it. You know, it just it's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the the individual access points mm-hmm. for porn. Um, again, nobody has to go into a video store anymore. Oh no! And and video stores were a huge jump forward from adult theaters. Right. Then all of a sudden, instead of having to go to a theater and risk being seen, you went to a store and you <laughs> took a movie home. Right. And now you don't even have to do that. Now you can just, you know, have whatever device you have. It it's really it's revolutionized everything. And sure. it makes me wonder if I'm around for ten more years, what's it gonna look like? Well, I you think know, you, I think you'll be around for ten more years. I sure hope so. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> If people aren't oh. sick of me yet, maybe they won't. Oh, you, you meant in the industry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. You were, worry, you were worrying me for a second, Roger. Um, no, no, I should be good there. Okay. Good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> now, how have conventions and adult expos changed? They've changed a ton. Mm-hmm. I went to my first convention in 1988, mm-hmm. back when the adult industry got together twice a year in Las Vegas, once for the Video Software uh, Distributors Association mm-hmm. and then for CES. Mm-hmm. Consumer Electronics Show then was the biggest electronic show, at least in the country. I don't know about the world, mm-hmm. but certainly in the United States. Everything. Right. Video games, computers, cameras, cars. It was huge. Yeah. And as part of that, the adult industry was very smart and said, we're going to take the Sahara and all of you – Men, because it was primarily men sure. who like electronics and like porn, you get to go to these shows. Yeah. And that, that was the first one I did. And people would wait in long lines to pose for a picture, get an autograph, because that was it. Right. Unless your favorite star came to dance yeah. in your town. Yeah. 
and I came from you know suburban San Diego. So unless I wanted to go downtown San Diego, uh, I love that town. It, I, I didn't oh, know. Yeah. I didn't know you're from there. I love it. That's one of my favorite places in the world. It's great. Yeah, but you were lucky if you had a star come through. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. So I know. waiting in line for two hours to get an autograph wasn't anything you you batted an eye at because mm. it was worth it to have forty five seconds of conversation, right. get an autograph, and now. You open your phone and you know what they've had for breakfast before mm-hmm. you even wake up. Right. So I think some of the shine is gone. Yeah. Um, and also some of the reasons for it. Mm. One of the big reasons for stars to go to CES was so people would see them. So the the guys who were in computers would go, "Who's this Janine woman?" Now she was now cute. at that time was AVN part of CES or just adjacent to CES? <clears throat> it was. It was. Part of CES, oh. AVN was there, but it wasn't their show yet. So oh, AVN, really? I want to say took over. Yeah, it was just it was just CES. Oh, wow. And you had to have a separate badge. Hmm. And I distinctly remember the first two times I went with my father, because mm-hmm. he owned a video store. Hmm. And on Sunday of, of the show, we could sell our pass to go upstairs at the Sahara for 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. And we paid nothing for it. It was People were waiting in line to buy passes because you had to right. you had to have an in in order to get in. Yeah, um, and it it was much different. I think in a lot of ways, uh, and I don't want to sound like the old guy, but <laughs> it was it, it was nicer. It was kinder then. Yeah, I I think the fans were kinder to performers. Performers had to be kinder to fans. It was their only interaction, sure. and I think it, it sort of goes both ways, right? Yeah. You you sit with a line of people who are impatient and greedy all day and you're going to be a little short too yeah but now with social media i think people are just so casual Mm -hmm. and not that you have to you know bow down and treat them like you know royalty but you should treat them with respect as you would anyone and i see a lot less of that these days oh sure and well i think that's the world (laughs) yeah it it could be i i still like going to conventions uh but now it's more to catch up with people right but back then, it, it was really important for, for an adult star trying to get a name together mm-hmm. um, to, to sign a bunch of autographs and send them home. The guys at the video store wanted to go through my album every year. Who's, who are we looking for? <laughs> who was pretty? Who was, you know? And, and it, was, it was a great marketing tool. Yeah. So I think it's, it's still great marketing. But again, I think it's now you're handing individual business cards. Mm. And it's it's smaller, more personal transactions that are sure. taking place. Sure. My first year uh, in the business, I went to AVN and Internext uh, in Vegas. Um, that would have been about 17 years ago, I th- I'd say. And um, I posed with all the porn stars because I knew that the pictures – uh, would uh, be interesting to my friends. And, oh, God, were there. I I, I didn't know any of them. I, I, I've never been much of a porn perf- uh, consumer before uh, I got into this industry. And I can't say I'm a big porn consumer now. I'm a B2B guy. But at the same time, um, oh, God, the guys will go, oh, look, there's so-and-so. I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's... It is a lot of fun to people watch, right? Um, especially right. the oh god, yeah. I, I used to stand in line, and people would bring stacks of stuff to auto, to be autographed. Mm-hmm. You know, magazines, box covers, all kinds of cool stuff. That, mm-hmm. that was that was pretty fun fun to watch. Oh yeah, you know what I what I enjoyed. Um, 
I remember there was an industry only day, which is when I went in. And then I went to the di- to one of the days where the, the crowds were there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, these guys, the, the girls would throw a t-shirt and they'd be tearing it apart, you know, <laughs> to, to, yeah. to try to get it. It was like, oh my God. It was like, yeah, okay. It, I didn't quite get it, but okay. I remember the, the first show I went to, uh, I think it was the second performer I ever met. Trinity mm. Loren, who who's mm. passed, mm. beautiful yeah. woman, yes. huge breasts. I was just twenty one. That's mm. why I got to go um, <laughs> my first time in Vegas, and I went to pose for a picture, and I put my hand on her hip, stood next to her as as if I were with anyone. Yeah, and she clearly saw that I was nervous and grabbed my hand from her hip, put it on her boob, and I swear to you, I jumped. Like someone had shot me in the chest. <laughs> what are you doing? And she's like, don't have to, but it's okay. I, I, I want to. I just, it was. It was a shock. I know. Oh, I know. I, oh, it was, it was just so uh, absolutely, I, I was not expecting it. That's adorable. And, uh, that's adorable. Uh, of course, now, now I stand in line, I see people groping, and it's like, man, don't. Yeah. Don't. If, if she wants you to, she will. And uh, it'll be great. Security's but, very active. I was at uh, AVN last year, and oh my god, security! I saw security throwing a couple of guys out. <laughs> yeah, it's just like uh, I was in. I was in the mainly in the B two B area, but to get to the B two B area, I'd go through the B two C area, unfortunately, and uh, it was like, oh lord. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, and unfortunately, there is some some truly bad behavior that goes on. Yeah, of course. They get drunk. That's, They're in Vegas. They get drunk. You know, they, they believe this what what happens in Vegas shit, and then they end up in a jail cell. Um, right. So, yep. well, it happened in Vegas. Um, so, <laughs> what are the most common questions you get from readers? Oh, man. Over the years, uh, probably the most common is, what do I watch with my partner? Right, I used to get that a lot, especially again mm-hmm. when we go back to when it was movies and when, okay, my wife's going to watch movies with me. What should I bring home? Mm-hmm. And we used to get that in the video stars all the time too, right? The guys that go in by themselves, they know what they want. They sure. don't need ask. Sure. But but couples, a lot of times, it's what can you you know what can you recommend? Mm. And it was that's always been a great question to me mm-hmm. because it made me feel like I was I was helping in some way. To point people in the right direction, yeah, and and it, it always was special to me because what was typical couples porn didn't work in my house. My wife doesn't want to see softcore. <laughs> she would always say, "If we're gonna watch bad acting, let's just watch bad acting." Yeah, you know, if we're gonna watch porn, let's watch porn. That's funny. And most you know, I like she, I like I like your wife already. <laughs> it was like, look, this is it's soft piano music and it's bad acting. Let's just move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of couples porn, especially mid 2000s mm-hmm. focused a lot on lesbian sex and that's yeah. not what my wife likes right she you know actively tunes out during those points so i learned from that that couples porn is whatever you guys are into right so my answer would usually be sort of in the form of a professor question right okay i have, <laughs> I have a, a follow-up question in eight parts for you <laughs> but, but fill out fill like, out fill out this question here and get back to right. me do you like abc uh, but i usually have a couple of titles like if you like um, serious features. Here's a couple. If you like really pretty stuff, here's a couple, mm-hmm. um, and and on and on. And one of my answers to that was I before my wife had a girlfriend who didn't like porn, and there was one that she liked, mm. and we watched it over and over. So I'd always tell people, the chameleon. 
Watch mm. the Chameleon, an old John Leslie movie, mm. because someone who didn't like porn at all would watch it over and over because she really liked it. So mm. that was a good one. One of the ones I I didn't like. Oh, one of the ones I didn't like was how do you hide your porn? Which was easy for me to answer was I I don't I never have um, you know I didn't break it out on the first date but I had working in video stores over the years and going to shows I had a, a collection of pictures of autographs mm-hmm. of movies right and at the appropriate time you know let my girlfriend know I have this and as she became my wife I have this similarly when I started the site I didn't hide it from her right you know she came into the spare bedroom one day and I was typing what are you doing I'm writing a porn review. And she left the room. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to, hey, I can make some money doing this, it was a conversation we had together. Yeah. So back back to the question, how do you hide it? I, my answer is always don't. Right. If you have to hide it, it's not the right relationship. Yeah. Or if it's the right relationship and they they won't tolerate it, that's okay too. Right. But the idea of hiding it to me was – it was never hidden. You asked earlier um, – about my background, right. my parents had stuff. I wasn't allowed around it because I was a kid. Right. But it wasn't because this isn't supposed to be in the house. It was, this is not for children. Exactly. And, you know, my parents owned the store. So my mom recommended porn for couples. So <laughs> I, I've always been very, uh, you know, don't hide it. Um, if you have right. to hide it, there's, there's probably a problem. Yes. And probably the, the third question I used to love this, do you get paid for this? Right. No, I I do it out of the goodness of my heart. Well, I I had a group of friends. We were all very much into sports and sports talk, and we'd go to sports bars. And uh, my friend Adrian, his favorite thing to do was sort of do a bar bet with someone. Mm -hmm. You'll never guess what this guy does for a living. Oh, I love it. And then they'd guess, and I'd eventually say, and of course, it was like, no, you don't. And then it was, okay, let me see your phone. Now, keep in mind, this was a flip phone. Yeah. But here. There's Jules Jordan's phone number. Yeah, There's Jenna Jameson's yeah. phone number. You know these people? I'm like, this uh, is what I do for a living. Yeah, and lot. then it was, guess how much he makes? And, <laughs> you know, and then, of course, then what Adrian would do was, you know, if you will buy our table beer and chicken wings, you can go to Roger's trunk, which, you know, was filled with porn anytime I went out because <laughs> I had all these screeners coming in and no place for them. So, right. So, uh, so have some DV, have some DVDs yep. and uh, we get, we get beer and right. chicken wings. That's you, awesome. You pick up our tab. Right. You can walk away with, uh, it was some you know, porn. I remember one time one of the guys going, you know, he walked away with $400 worth of movies. Like, yeah, but we got beer and chicken wings. Exactly. I had a, I had a trunk of porn. I didn't have beer and chicken wings. It's I love supply it. and demand here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think you did well. Um, yeah, do, do you still okay. you still like porn after all these years and so many reviews? I do. When I when I was doing it when it was my entire job, I used to tell my wife the last weekend of the month was Disney weekend. Because I was done. I was tired of watching people have sex. <laughs> um, now I don't do it nearly as much. But come award time, when I'm doing 20 hours a day, four mm. and five monitors going on all the different performances, yeah, I get burnout. Oh, yeah. But a good movie or a good performer, I still like it. And I think mm. if I didn't, I wouldn't still do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm married, have a job, have kids, have all these things going on. If I didn't still like it, I'd, I'd probably just let it all go. Yeah, yeah. You've got a. But yeah, you've got. Have you got a regular job too? I do. Oh. Uh, for about the last eight years, um, we had some family medical issues, and I needed mm. to have steady income because oh. the you know the the site went through some 
adjustment periods and the industry changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, had a couple of big advertisers that left mm. and it was, okay, now we're going to struggle some months. Yeah. And instead said, you know, I can go out and get a regular job and benefits mm. and mm. cover everything. That's always, so nice. now I do this. It, it, I, I prefer the other. <laughs> you know, if, if I, if someone came along and said, hey, Raj, I want you to run the site for the next five years, here's going to be your base salary. Mm-hmm. I do it in a heartbeat oh, and I would sure. do eight, eight to 10 hours a day without a problem. Mm-hmm. But, uh, without sure. that guaranteed money, you know, kids in college, uh, mom's got some medical issues. Those oh, all sorry. have to get taken yeah. care of first. So. Yeah, absolutely. And now are there genres you won't review or don't like? I never say that I won't review something um, as far as a, a genre goes. There's genres I like more than others. Mm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of, of lesbian porn. Like I mentioned, my wife doesn't like it. Therefore, mm-hmm. I like it a lot less because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't interest her. Right. Um, and there's stuff that I really like, so I'll watch a lot of that. But I've only reviewed a couple of gay titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not because I have a problem with it. It's yeah. because... It doesn't do anything for me. You know, I I think to do, I think to review gay porn, you almost have to be a consumer of it. Um, And I think the same probably goes for shemale. That's how I feel. Um, Mm -hmm. The uh, gay, bi, trans, and fetish too. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big bondage guy. Mm. So what what ended up happening was in those reviews, I'd get feedback going, Okay, you talked about the lighting. You talked about the editing. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, because it's it's two men. Yeah. I get what they're doing. I yeah. totally understand it. Right. I don't know what you, the consumer, are looking for. Have you when have I you watch, have you ever thought of bringing bringing people in to be specialists on this stuff? Yes. Over the years, uh, there's there's a lot more than just a couple of gay reviews on my site. Yeah. They're almost exclusive, written by other people for that reason. Oh, good. Um, because. To me, otherwise, that's all I'm talking about. Right, right, right. The other, the other stuff. Yeah. And it just, if it doesn't click with me, I don't think I'm doing it justice. Hey, because I get it. I get it. You know, I've got, I've got some amazing gay friends. Um, and I'm from San Francisco, for God's sakes. What can I say? My, my best friend growing up is gay. My, my brother-in-law is gay. Um, I, mean, I could go on and on, but the bottom line is. Um, and I'm not going to do this. Some of my best friends are gay because that's that sounds like a, that sounds like a uh, you know a cop out. But um, I'm not one who enjoys or watches gay porn or or female porn and lesbian porn can be okay, but it's not my favorite. So now, will I sell those sites? I absolutely will sell those sites, but I don't have to watch them to sell them. <laughs> Yeah, and that's if if I could find consistent writers, mm-hmm. I do a lot more of those genres because for me, I don't feel like I'm doing it any justice, and that's that's not fair to me. Uh, I have to be connected. Oh, we should talk. We should, to- we should talk. Maybe I can send some people in your there direction. I know a lot of people, so um, I might have some ideas for you. I might have some ideas for you. Um, we used to go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. We we used to have this argument, right? Is is porn art? Or is it something else? And to me, I've always said at its core, porn is masturbation material. <laughs> if you're lucky, you got a partner there to help out. 
Yeah. So ultimately, what's good mm-hmm. is what makes your naughty bits tingle. Yeah. Right. And and it can it can be objectively good, or it can be whatever flips all your right switches. Right. And if something doesn't flip the switches, it doesn't matter what the production value is. Yeah. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. And so to me, there's always this balance, mm-hmm. and I try and be really fair, mm-hmm. but. Look, there's some things I'm not going to be fair about. There's some things that are going to appeal to me more than they're going to appeal to anybody reading my review. Mm. Um, Tom Byron used to laugh when when Tommy was working for Extreme mm. making movies. Mm-hmm. He said, I know exactly how I can get a perfect review from you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? You, you got me figured out. And he rattled off five performers. He goes, I just have to be in the movie because you like my performances and these five women. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Because as a consumer, I would have bought that movie because I would have looked at it and gone, holy yeah, crap. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to like all this. Yeah, so, of course. Of course. I like, so that, I, I like, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily partial to any, any particular performers. I like Bukaki though. That's fun. Um, <laughs> the Japanese version of it is, is pretty crazy. So anyway, um, crazy stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, um, did you ever think about getting in front of the camera? I've been in front of the camera, Ooh. uh, fully dressed. Oh, just I so see. Everybody, no, nobody, nobody needs to, to vomit. Um, it's just not something that ever really presented itself sure um my wife's very comfortable with just about everything (laughs) that wasn't something she was particularly comfortable with except for on a a couple of occasions right and then the timing wasn't right or you know you could shoot your own stuff but it costs money and right right so yeah but i've I've been in a couple of movies Mm -hmm. um just little bit parts and stuff Mm. but mostly just my interest is as a fan and as a journalist, and I think that's where I belong. There you go. There you go, and you do it well. Now, Thank you. Now, do you have any favorite interviews over the years? Uh, yeah, I, I do. There's people I interviewed repeatedly who were always good. Mm. Um, Aurora Snow was always good for a great interview. She has a mm-hmm. great sense of humor. She's smart, and I got to interview her from – when she was brand new to when she was done as a performer and had accomplished all these great things. Hmm. So that was great because then we sort of got the, the typical porn reviewer questions out of the way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. knew her favorite position, knew where she was from, all that stuff and had to kind of dig and talk a little more. And that always worked well. Uh, Robbie D when he was at digital playground, um, digital playground was always really good at controlling their message and their image. Sure. And Robbie was always really good at, giving me a whole lot more than they were comfortable with, but <laughs> they made for great interviews. Uh, I interviewed Lexington Steel four or five times, mm. and we never did a, a regular interview. It was always in a sports bar or in a restaurant. Oh, wow. And we would let the, the tape roll for two or three hours, and sometimes Lex would be particularly uh, relaxed. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, Got it. And, and it, 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 it was great. It Again, it became more conversational. You know, you mentioned so, you mentioned him. I was in uh, Miami uh, the night he melted down. <laughs> I witnessed <laughs> it. It was it was quite interesting to say the least. He was he was a, a fun person. I remember I I was in a uh, a spoons restaurant mm-hmm. with Lexington Steel and Mike John when mm-hmm. he, he was directing at Anabolic as well as Lex, mm-hmm. and the waitress recognized Lex mm-hmm. and kept coming over. <laughs> and Mike, Mike and Lex were both very relaxed. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and it became a thing. Oh, it became God. a thing because because Mike was not having it. The hey, I'm a famous director here. Hold on. <laughs> That's funny. And and Lex at the time had a relationship and was trying very hard to politely. Yep, uh, we're kind of oh, busy God. here. God, but that's, she was that's starstruck. Good. That's good. So I guess I, I guess I caught him on a bad day. <laughs> yeah, he he's always been really great to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you can catch people on a bad day. Yes. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but my wife has a particular porn star she always liked, mm. always liked, and mm. that gentleman happens to be one of the coolest people I've ever met. Mm. Was cool to me when I was going to shows and passing out physical copies of reviews mm-hmm. to let people know what I was doing. Mm. Um, this particular guy, mm. you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead. Cause he's a cool guy. It was mm. Sean Michaels mm. and Sean pulled a review out of the trash because the president, of I, thought Ball, you're, I, thought, I, thought, I thought, I thought you were going to say Ron Jeremy, but go ahead. Oh no. <laughs> so Sean actually pulled a review out and grabbed me and said, hold on. I want to read this before you leave. Mm. And he was always great. He was super cool. And my wife thought he was just super handsome and a great performer. Mm. So she almost never went to shows. She went to one. We walked over to the booth and I went to introduce my wife to Sean. And he was having a bad day. Oh, no. And it just, my wife was like, wow, that was really kind of unpleasant. I'm like, I, I know, I know. And, uh, you know, Sean said he will make it up to her at some point. It was just a, it's one of those, wait, no, you're always the nicest guy. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. But of all my interviews that are that I've done, my favorite was with John Stelliano. Mm. Uh, because of who he is. Yeah. It obviously was a big deal. Um he and I sat down in a restaurant in Vegas mm-hmm. and he just obliterated the whole idea of porn critics. Just <laughs> your entire your entire profession is full of shit. And he told me and three or four other critics why we were all full of shit. And I basically mm. said Oh, good point. I disagree, and here's why. And I told him where I came from, and 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 how I got into it, and why I got into it. Yeah. But I got into it for the fans. And at the end of the day, he his uh, his wife gave me his card and said, "Call, we're set up an interview." So I went to his house, which was surreal for me as a fan. Right, I was yeah. sitting in this room that I'd seen in twenty of my favorite movies. Yeah, right? wow. He showed me where the fire mm-hmm. came up and damaged the house, which and is- he sat and watched a Cubs game. Oh, wow. While we did an interview. Nice. And it was just this long flowing conversation that would stop whenever Sammy Sosa came to the plate. So we'd watch the game. <laughs> I know. I know about what time, what, uh, t- went, yep. uh, what year it was. Yeah. It was. And we talked for probably an hour about baseball. And then mm. he would get a call from John Leslie. So mm-hmm. he'd hang up the phone and say it was John. And then we'd start talking about John. Mm-hmm. And then Joey Silvera called. And he, so it was this sort of meandering long four and a half hours. Jeez. But in the end, it was really good, and I couldn't help but just be a huge fan. Yeah, and yeah. There, there was so much porn history that that he just wove in in that time. Sure, and I was really glad we had that setting because in Vegas you've got fifteen minutes usually. If you're lucky, you know yeah. you, you got to have your questions all asked, and that's mm-hmm. all you can do. Yeah. And this was a whole lot more, and I, I'm really proud of it, and I'd love to do it again at some point. Fantastic. Do you still have anyone on your wish list for interviews? I, yeah, I really wish I had had a chance to interview John Leslie because I think he's just such a, a fantastic artist. Unfortunately, he passed. Right, right. Um, I'd like to sit down with Angela White again. I interviewed mm-hmm. her early in her American phase of her career mm-hmm. um, where she was super fun and energetic. And I kept thinking, my God, who is this woman? And how are we going to contain this energy? Now, you know, 
five years and three avian performer of the year awards later i i see where she was going and i would love to sit down with her a, a couple others greg lansky who's done so much recently oh yeah um i would love to sit down and talk with him uh, Caden Cross, who I interviewed when she was a performer at mm-hmm. Digital Playground. Again, yeah. she's transitioned to being you know, a, an award-winning director now. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, haven't interviewed Jules Jordan in probably 10, 10 years. Mm. And uh, again, someone who's been around for a long time and seen all the changes mm-hmm. and has had to do company pivots. Uh, I, I find that really interesting. Mm. Interviewing new porn performers is a little less interesting to me these days. Mm. Just yeah. because... I hate to sound like the old guy, but <laughs> I, re- I read the interviews. I'm like, yeah, I, I asked those questions 20 years ago, too. You know, <laughs> she's going to tell you her favorite position is doggy because they all do. That's funny. So I- I'd like to do interviews like that. And, uh, hmm. oh, yeah, famous, famous people definitely. Have you ever been recognized or had a your famous <laughs> moment? I get recognized at shows mostly by people in the industry. Yeah. Fans or readers don't really recognize me. There, there was no. no picture of me anywhere for a good 10 years. Yeah. So not often. There are two examples, and I'll try and keep them short. Um, okay. In Vegas one year, I was, I was walking the floor. And, of course, we have our name badges on. They're pretty big. And I was uh, hurrying because I always do. I don't like crowds. So you've been on the floor, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, imagine someone who doesn't like crowds. Someone who is perpetually running late and needing to be on the other side of the room three minutes ago, trying to move quickly. Oh, so yeah. I'm moving quickly, and someone grabs my arm and says, hey, which back then, good internet feuds going on. Maybe I'm about to get punched. I'm not sure. So I was a little defensive. And the guy <laughs> pointed and said, you're Roger. I'm like, uh, I am. <laughs> I read your site. I really love your stuff. Mm. Super nice guy. So yeah. I stopped and talked to him. Long story short, he's from Vegas. You know, what are you, what are you guys doing? You got parties going on, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of not a party guy anymore. Mm. A couple of my friends were going to go maybe see this particular show tonight, and he said, "Really?" He whips out his card. He's the producer of the show we wanted to see. Oh, weird! I said, "That's that's such a coincidence. We were looking for tickets." <laughs> he's like, "You know what? You know what? Give me your number. I'll call you in 15 minutes. We'll sell you with some tickets." Nice. So, uh, center. Fourth row, amazing Jeez. seats. Wow. He came out of intermission and said, Hey, come backstage oh, no. after the show. That's cool. So what was it? What was what was what was the show? It was Mamma Mia. Oh wow. And uh, it was really one of the coolest things ever. Yeah. All because he recognized me. The other one That's amazing. It, it it was. Um super nice. What was really cool for me mm. was he met me in my element. Right, yeah. so we're talking. People are walking by and saying hello to me, and he's yeah. starstruck. Oh, that's so and so. And I'm like, yeah, you know them. <laughs> yes. Well, we went backstage at this musical that I had just, you know, enjoyed the hell out of. Mm-hmm. And he walks into the room, and everybody turns and says hello. And is very deferential. <laughs> and I'm like in here, you're the man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're I know. It. They, you know, so when, when we kind of went out on stage to take some pictures and a couple of the cast members were like, would, would you like us to come out? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's because we're with this guy over here. So it was, it was very cool. He was a great guy. And uh, when the show came to L.A., um, he set us up with some tickets, too. My Jeez. family got to go. It was great. That's awesome. Um, that, that, was, that was the best. The, mm. the funniest to me, mm. back in the beginning, my sister was going to school uh, in San Francisco, actually. Ah. And uh, she was hanging out. Where'd she go? She went to San Francisco State. That's my alma mater. 
it's a great campus. I was yeah, there a couple yeah, times. Yeah, it's kind of old school, kind of cool. Yeah. Small. So she was up there, and uh, she apparently was in a dorm room hanging out with some friends, some guy's dorm room. Hmm. And she knew what I did. Hmm. My, my family knew right from the beginning. Yeah, sure. And she saw, she saw a binder on his desk with hmm. my name on it. Oh, wow. And so she kind of waited and pulled it out and said, what is this? And mm-hmm. the guy goes, oh, it's this guy who reviews porn on the internet. And we just print out some of the funny reviews and some of the ones we really like. And we, we, you know, we sort of pass this book around so we know what to buy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she called me up. She said, you're not going to believe right. where I saw your work. <laughs> Well, apparently, I'm I'm San Francisco State famous. Oh, I love it. I love it. The the Gators the Gator the Gators love you. Uh, I used yeah. to I used to call their football games among other things. Um, so, do you think the era of porn stars is over? I don't think, for example, there's ever going to be another Jenna Jameson. I I just don't. I think that kind of crossover mainstream everybody knows her name. Sure, is kind of gone. Because there's no studio system pushing anybody now. Yeah. Um, Jenna yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. She also had hu- a huge company behind her running campaigns with her at the center. Yep. That doesn't happen anymore. Performers have to do that almost always on their own. Mm-hmm. Social and, media, yeah. Yeah, and, and some of them are fantastic at it. Mm-hmm. Right, Riley Reed, people know who Riley Reed mm-hmm. is in the mainstream, mm-hmm. but not like... 1980s Ginger Lynn or 1990s Jenna Jameson, it, it's different. Sure. And in that way, if we wanted to find porn star that way, yes. But if you wanted to find it as a star, as an artist doing their own thing, mm-hmm. no. Angela White's got three Performer of the Year titles. Mm-hmm. Nobody else has more than two. She's probably going to get one or two more before she's done. Yeah. So that's not a coincidence. It's just a different kind of stardom, I think, now. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, two, two ways about it. Clip artists are stars now. Um, yeah. um, so, so how will the industry need to adapt to thrive in the future? I think they're going to have to embrace, and I think they already have, but I think they're going to continue to embrace the micro economies, right? Performers doing their own thing is the way to go. And companies are going to have to figure out that in the past, right, going way back, mm-hmm. a lot of performers did adult movies right. so they could feature dance because the money was in dancing. Hmm. And then for a while, you did movies to promote your own website right? because that's what you really wanted. But you had to do mm-hmm. a Brazzers movie or a Jules Jordan movie to get known. Yep. Now, you've got performers that have the big companies saying, hey, come shoot a scene for us because you've already got a million social media fans. That's right. And you're going to bring people to our brand instead of the other way around. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they're going to have to just continue to embrace that and be forward thinking. What's next? Well, they better have a they better have a truckload of cash too, because really most of these clip artists and camp performers don't really have a big financial incentive to go uh, do a shoot for a site. I mean, is is a is even a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars a day going to be that interesting to them when they can sit at home in their bathrobe and make that? Yep, that's the thing. It, the new performers who don't know that yet are still going to do movies the old way. Yeah. But again, for for the the truly hardworking and dedicated performer, yeah, cut out a little bit of time for yourself every day and maximize that. Sure. And you don't need to do movies. Yeah, but I mean, and who doesn't? What what young lady, or in, in some cases, young man, 
doesn't know that, doesn't know about OnlyFans. My God. I think they all know about it. I, th- yes. I think the allure is still go shoot your own content, do a live show, make a couple hundred dollars today. Mm-hmm. Or go shoot, make $800, come back home. You're mm-hmm. done. I, I think the entrepreneurial spirit is what's going to get you, right? The, Maybe. the forward thinking. Or, and <laughs> again, either, either way is good. But to me, if I can make 100% of what I make, right. it's all me. Right. Or I go out and I get paid to do a job from someone else where they're collecting the bulk of, of the profit. Yeah. The appeal's there. And I think that's only going to continue to grow. You're going to find a lot more performers who get into it already knowing that right. and that's going to make it tough if the industry doesn't embrace it and i i think you're going to see a lot more crossover yeah it, yes this is shot from my site but also for your clip store and your only fans and whoever gets the customer's eyes first gets that 20 bucks right that and kill piracy if we can just find a way to kill piracy we're, we're fine you know i've got an i've got an interview on that i've got an interview coming in that up on that in the next week with a with a notable piracy company that uh, where we're going to talk about that so i cover all bases roger adult awesome. adult site broker talk is everywhere well hey <laughs> i'd like to thank you once again for being our guest today on adult site broker talk and i hope we'll get a chance to do it again really soon My pleasure. Thank you. My broker tip today is part three of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. Find new ways to monetize your website, such as sell advertising. If you've got a free site like a tube, that's the best way to monetize your site. If you have a tube, another way to make more money is to sell premium memberships. Offer free users one level of content, and for premium users, you can do things like give them higher quality videos or longer videos or both. You can also make the site ad-free for premium members. Start an affiliate program. If you have a pay site especially, this is a great way to increase your quality of traffic and get more joins. With all sites, you can figure out other upgrades and products you can sell to your users. Pay sites can also sell pay-per-view, where people have the option of paying by the scene for content they can't get on the site. This is also another way to charge users as opposed to a monthly fee. Sell them other products like toys and novelties. Market your business. Do things to improve your search engine results, like using SEO. There are some great SEO consultants out there who can help you get higher search rankings in Google. If you want some recommendations, please contact us on our website. List all of the benefits of your site in your marketing and how they affect the user. And of course, hire a great marketing consulting firm, such as Adult B2B Marketing, which we also happen to own. Eliminate unneeded expenses. Constantly make sure you're not spending money you don't need to. Make sure there isn't duplication in your staffing. From time to time, check services you pay for like hosting and see if there are better and less expensive options. Take it from me, I've done this and saved a bunch, plus got higher quality hosting in the process. Again, ask us for recommendations. Always look for ways to do things more cost effectively. Along with this, make your profit and loss statements show more profit. Increasing sales and reducing expenses obviously does just that. Make sure your P&L statement accurately reflects your company's actual costs, not a bunch of personal BS you've put in for the tax man. This will cost you money when you sell. 
It may help you at tax time to put that stuff on your tax return, but it hurts you if you show that stuff on your profit and loss statement. Remember, every dollar in profit increases the value of your website as much as three to four times. This is why you need a good, experienced broker to help lead you through the process. We've gotten people thousands of dollars more on their sale just by adjusting the P&L statement to reflect actual business expenses as opposed, again, to that personal BS that you put on your tax return. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And... Next week, we'll be talking to Andy Woolmer of Traffic Partner. Yes, the traffic captain himself. You don't want to miss that. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Roger of Rod Reviews. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.